0: This episode of How I Built It is brought to you by two great sponsors. The first is our season-long sponsor. Liquid Web has been best known as a managed hosting company with tons of options. It's also designed a managed WordPress offering that is perfect for mission-critical sites. If you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptimes, and incredible support, Liquid Web is the partner you've been looking for. Every Liquid Web Managed WordPress customer has iTheme Sync integrated into their managed portal, allowing them to update several sites with a single touch. Liquid Web hosts all of my critical websites, and I couldn't be happier with them. If you sign up today using the discount code HowIBuiltIt33, you get 33% off for the next six months. Visit buildpodcast.net slash liquid to get started. That's buildpodcast.net. .net/liquid It's also brought to you by Staging Pilot. Staging Pilot makes it easy and profitable to sell WordPress maintenance services. If WordPress maintenance isn't your primary focus, it could be a real time suck. Maintaining a staging environment, updating and then deploying those updates and diligently testing them is tedious work. With Staging Pilot, every part of the process is automated. Staging Pilot even automates the testing by doing visual comparisons of screenshots from your site before and after each update. It uses a bunch of fancy algorithms and AI to determine whether your site broke. If everything looks good, the updates are deployed to the live site. If something breaks, Staging Pilot halts the process and makes sure that nothing gets deployed. You get a chance to look at a simple before and after view so you can see what broke and then fix it before resuming automatic updates. Staging Pilot lets you build recurring revenue by offering maintenance plans without all the typical headaches. And I met the guys from Staging Pilot at WordCamp DC, and I've got to say they have a really impressive product. I talked to Nathan of Staging Pilot later in the season, so definitely keep an eye out for that. And if you want 20% off a lifetime purchase of Staging Pilot, which if you're a freelancer, you should definitely want, then head over to buildpodcast.net slash pilot. That's 20% off your lifetime purchase at buildpodcast.net slash pilot. Hey, everybody. So this is another two-part episode we've got for you, this time with Brian Hogg. He's going to be talking to us about a plugin that he built as well as the general plugin development process. Brian is a fellow course developer like me. He's got a lot of great courses out there and we talk pretty regularly about developing courses, but he's also an expert WordPress plugin developer. So you can learn a lot from him like I did in this two part episode. In the first part, much like Andy's episode, we talk about his specific product. In the second half of the episode, we talk about general plugin development. So have a listen. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. And without further ado, on with the show. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Brian Hogg. Brian, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for being on the show. Brian and I are in an Educators Mastermind together. We both develop online courses. And while we'll touch on that a little bit, uh, we're actually going to talk about one of your plugins. Is that right?
1: Yes, I think so. Uh, Event Calendar Newsletter, which was the first, I think the first release plugin on my own, and then the first one I made pro. So, yep.
0: Cool, very cool. So let's start there. Why don't you tell the listeners who you are and what you do and how you came up with the idea for Event Calendar Pro?
1: Sure. So uh, again, Brian Hogg. Um, so I've been custom developing stuff. I mean, I learned C back when I was twelve, and and uh, have been developing an, in various languages for many years. And stumbled upon WordPress. Uh, God, probably quite a while ago now. Actually, uh, even even after meeting Mike Little, Lick- Mike Little, I still didn't. I'm like, I don't need WordPress. I just create my own <laughs> stuff in Notepad with HTML files. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah. finally saw the light, and uh, now I've been uh, yeah, on WordPress for quite a while. So for that uh, event calendar newsletter plugin, it actually came from an own itch. So I run a couple different events in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and uh, one of the uh, there's like this community hub that someone started, Software Hamilton, that promotes the events by email. So he would promote our events, you know, for local freelancers and we were alternating between Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, so Saturday would be like 2 PM and Wednesday would be 6 PM. And in his emails, a lot of times I noticed he put like Wednesday, 2 PM. I'm like, well, no, people are at work. <laughs> That's not the right time. <laughs> what, what's going on? Are you doing this manually? And I noticed he had a WordPress site. So I figured he had some automated way to do it. And he's like, yeah. I'm doing it manually i can't figure out any way to pull all the detail of the events that i need and stick them into mailchimp or i think he was using mailchimp at the time uh, so i'm like oh maybe we can find a plugin for you search around couldn't find anything uh so basically after one of the meetups coder camp or something where a bunch of developers get together uh we headed to the headed to the pub sat on with this grimy chair (laughs) and kind of belted out the first version that was specific to his calendar which isn't even a calendar anymore ajax calendar and uh and his software and Created a way for him to pull all the details of the events in the format he wanted and never make a mistake on our events again. So um turns out that spot that we actually created has been kind of a mecca for startups in Hamilton. It's uh nice. some people were were on this other grimy couch. I was on the grimy chair, uh where <laughs> we're all squished together, creating this app, I forget which app, uh while people drunkenly were throwing darts above their head, which is like extreme programming to the yeah, to that's the max. Like a...
0: Right. That's like a sport.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A sport that you might lose at with with siblings. Um, That's that's
0: awesome. So, (laughs) So you are actually the second guest this season to say that you built the first iteration of your plugin in a pub. Nice. Yeah. So that's very cool to hear. For people who are looking for inspiration in maybe unique places, it sounds like a pub is, is the place to go. Yes. But it relax. Was, you're having a beer. It was
1: one beer. Like if you have two beers, everything goes. Downhill. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's, I know a lot of college kids say that, you know, the more I drink, the better programmer I am. But, But believe me. No. Uh, that's not the case. You think that, <laughs> yeah. but that's not the
1: case. You you look the next day at your code, and, yeah. and or You're just like, the functionality, and it's like, wait, yeah. this doesn't do anything. What
0: did I do here? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, cool. Uh, well, that's that's awesome. So, you know, in the same vein as a lot of people on this show, you were scratching your own itch. And you said that this was your your first WordPress plugin that you kind of submitted to the repo, is that right?
1: Uh, no, so I had worked for a startup and that's how I first first started got, and got into WordPress was taking a Joomla extension and converting it into WordPress. And then so gotcha. I released that for them, uh, maintained it and everything else that's not on the repo anymore. But um, so this was the first kind of plugin that, you know, I myself released and, and tried to give back and, and figured, you know, I, I did a little more like I added support for uh, one more calendar, like a popular one, the Modern mm-hmm. Tribe one, before releasing it publicly, just so, you know, more people could could use it. But, yep.
0: Nice. Very nice. So, you know, you you essentially initially did this for a friend, but as you grew it and decided to add, like, pro features... Uh, what kind of research did you do to figure out, you know what's the what should I add? What should I make free? What should I have paid? things like that?
1: yep, so it it kind of came about and it was just really by listening to users. So it was sitting there for about a year, uh, kind of steadily growing, and you know it's it's again not this this huge uh, plug, but it, I was starting to get requests from people that I thought, oh, they're from, you know, XYZ. I'm, I'm pretty sure they might have some budget, you know, for, for features, yeah, yeah. right? So I didn't have the pro version at the time, but I'm like, you know what? Okay. It, it started getting to a point where I'm like, should I keep adding this to pro? Or should I spin this off, or sorry, into free? Or should I spin this off and create a uh, and pro version? And luckily, through another mastermind group uh, and, and a couple kind of, kinda, I guess, ad hoc mentors who've been doing it longer than I have, um, you know, I, I questioned whether adding this, you know, relatively small in terms of code, but relatively big in terms of time savings and value for the people using it. I'm like, you know, should I, should I make this, you know, I could just pop it into free. Why, why not just pop in free? And they're like, no, dude, like it'll totally be something that'll save people a lot of time and that clearly they're, they're willing to, to pay for. So that, you know, that started and that was just by uh, filtering by categories for events. So adding that as kind of a first pro feature. And then again, from there, just listening to, to customers, cause I could totally guess all day. <laughs> so right, what, right. And, and I have added features that I'm like, you know what, this is obvious that this should be in there even if. If no right. one's asked for it yet. Um, but, but most of the time it's just listening to users and, and they'll have way better ideas <laughs> than, than, yeah. than you do. And chances are they're, you know, they're the customers, right? So uh, they'll know better a lot of the time.
0: Absolutely. And like, you know, I find that with stuff I make, people are using things in ways I didn't even imagine. So uh, just by listening to yourself, you're really limiting the capabilities
1: as well. Exactly. So, so yep. So that's kind of yeah. how that came to be.
0: Very cool. So I had a, a fleeting thought now that I've lost, and I'm really bummed about it. So I hope... Oh, uh, no, this is perfect, actually. It's come back to me. Yeah, so yeah. I just just before this watched a video about the life of Pablo Picasso and his sketches, mm-hmm. and there's an anecdote in here. You said that, you know, it's a small amount of code. Pablo Picasso is... This is lore. that he Somebody asked him for a sketch on the street. He sketched something really quick, gave it to them... Uh, and he said, this will be $30,000. Oh, I heard 5,000.
1: Uh, that's way more. Than oh, I heard. See,
0: uh, see, I heard 30,000. So let's say 5, maybe 000, in today's right?
1: money. Right. That makes yes. Sense.
0: Yeah. Right. The guy said, uh, $30,000, this took you five minutes. And he said, no, it took me a lifetime. And, right. Which is great. I mean, that's what, that's, that's what you get when you have an experienced programmer or a lawyer or anybody who applies their mind to something right you know you sure you could go off and build your own website and it might take you 40 hours and it might take one of us 10 hours right or less right so or less yeah right you you get all that 35 or so hours back so
1: yeah no and then adding those few lines of code say that filter the category yeah but someone to do that would need to a read my code uh would need to figure out where in that code to put that feature would need to learn php we need to learn you know like a bit of the wordpress circuit right like there's so yeah. much that they would actually need to know uh to be able to put that in and you're basically saving saving that for them so uh, yeah it's
0: huge. absolutely and i mean to your credit probably you you probably wrote the plugin in at least a halfway decent manner to make yeah. it easy for you to pop in such code I, you know i mean <laughs> It's certainly not all like spaghetti code because exactly. it would have taken you a lot longer. Wow. Well, so.
1: Yeah, well, you can download the code off the WordPress uh, repo and uh, make that call for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> Just what, ignore, what ignore do... the go to statements. That's all. That's okay. all I ask. <laughs> <laughs>
0: When I do the bumpers for this episode, I'm going to have looked at it and I'll, I'll comment later. Yeah, exactly. So it turns
1: out that uh, yeah, Brian Hogg yeah. actually can't code at all yeah, and you crazy. just not yeah. listen to this at all.
0: Everything's <laughs> just a giant print statement.
1: <laughs> that is a big fear that a lot of people are getting started. I mean, obviously you should know as much as you can and, and uh, things like security as well. But I mean, again, uh, especially when you're looking to do a business and sell plugins, the quicker you can get it out there and actually get some validation get some real people testing it the better and and you know yeah your code might not be perfect but when will it ever be perfect and just getting that early feedback is way more important than sitting on it for months if not years thinking that your code or whatever that no one's going to really look at is is you know up to par whatever that par might be so um
0: yeah absolutely And, and to that point i mean the sooner you get it out there you know if if you spend so much time making sure it's perfect before you get it out and then like nobody wants it that's <laughs> that's months a bummer down the drain yeah <laughs> scott scott Ball, uh ballinger gave that great piece of advice on a show in season two where he talked about like hey you know focus on focus on something and then get it out there you know because if you spend a year of your life working on something and nobody wants it, that's just like a, a year more or less down the drain as far as the product goes let's ignore the things that you've learned
1: sure but, yeah exactly so. Yep. No, at so, least, at least it's a learning experience regardless. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure we could go on and on about people who sat on things for months and then only to find, oh, <laughs> either, either you've maybe added too much stuff too, right? That's mm-hmm. the danger as yeah. well is that literally you could just have feature bloat and you've just right. added all these things that you think need to be in there. And then you just made it so confusing that nobody knows how to do even the basic stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, the easier you get it out there, it almost saves you from yourself uh, yeah, adding right. all these and- things that you don't need.
0: Yeah and and if you do build uh, you know some of those things that go beyond the minimum viable product take them out and then you have them you know then you have them ready to go you know I used to do that uh for freelance jobs it would take me just like a little bit of time a little bit of extra time and I would leave it commented out and then if they asked for it I would uncomment it and nice yeah I I did this for you like super fast <laughs> like here you go congratulations you know it's
1: that's awesome
0: yeah cuz you know it's uh, writing code for yourself or for a client is a, is a learning experience and it's it's fun but it's also a business and and you need to you know kind of find the right balance right and i think you i think you talk a little bit about that in your course yes. which we will touch on in a bit but first uh, we've talked about you know doing things we, we both kind of mentioned the mastermind group, right? So you mentioned that you're in a couple. You also mentioned that you talk to your customers. What kind of advice do you glean from the groups that you're in and, and from the customers? Do you have specific mastermind groups for like business advice or features or maybe somebody to review your code, things like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they vary. And I, I literally just had a mastermind before, before this, where, where they were even talking about, you know, should we spin up another mastermind to talk about mm-hmm. this specific thing? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How many am I in now? One, two, three, four. So no, yeah. I mean, you need to be careful about, you know, getting too much advice and then having analysis paralysis and then never actually doing anything uh but one is with a couple other people who again have been doing uh, the plugin stuff longer than i have who can you know give me feedback on either features i'm thinking of adding or maybe the structure of the website and trying to optimize that for for conversions or just yeah whether whether they think oh this this feature or or uh or pricing i mean that's a huge thing as well right like i've had especially with the course and one mastermind you know i was thinking of pricing it a lot lower And they're just like, no, you're saving people a ton of time, you know, so they're giving that validation, that confidence to be like, yeah, you know what, and then if you price it higher, you can always have a discount, whereas if you price it really low kind of you can't right. you can't do any discounts because you're already so low to begin with right so um they're all pretty different like uh, one is again that that plug-in wordpress plugin specific mastermind uh one is for other people who are doing kind of general SaaS products and info products and just online there's one that we're in which is you know specific for for course creators um so they all they're uh, different people in each one oh and another one that's um again info products and and people you know the one guy who started it and is kind of heading it up uh, product 3300 i mean he's he's been doing this for for a long time and has uh you know and, and sells nothing below you know 200 300 uh and and it's just great for for both ad spend uh advice and and landing page advice and stuff like that so everyone has different tips and and, and just different perspectives but Again, you need to be careful not to get, uh, I do find it sometimes overwhelming where sometimes I just need to step back and go, you know what? A, there's no way to know for sure, you know, what the right decision might be. So just make one (laughs) and then learn from it. And then uh, in one person's right way, quote unquote, might not work for your audience and your product. So uh, ultimately you just need to kind of make a decision and and go with it and not, not freeze too much. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, like you said, there's, um, there's a lot of value to getting other perspectives, but it should be people that you trust, right? Yeah, I'm not just gonna join like a general mastermind group where it's people I don't know because then it's just people walking up to you being like, you know what you should do, like, uh, <laughs> which, um, you know, yeah. I'm I'm a huge Disney World. I'm a huge Disney fan. Nice. And every time I, I go to Disney World, I invariably overhear somebody say, you know what they should do," and then like just something <laughs> that's specific to them. I'm like, they guys, they have 77,000 employees at Disney World alone. (laughs) Wow they've been doing this for 40 years i'm sure they probably <laughs> thought of that whatever you just said they've thought of that
1: exactly yeah no it's, it's a very good advice yeah i have i did actually join one and then subsequently left it was like a paid uh, facebook group mm-hmm. but yeah it was just a it was just a bunch of different people giving advice and then you look and you're like oh like they're and it's not like it's a bad thing but like one's a bookkeeper you know one's like an artist uh mm-hmm. you know one one's like a it whatever like completely different domains and they're giving advice right. on stuff that they have zero experience in and it's fine to have like an opinion and and give your thoughts and sometimes it can totally cut through you know your indecision or or whatever but yeah i mean it it oftentimes is is coming right. out of left field and
0: yeah know. yeah absolutely and that's you know and that's not to poo poo people giving advice that's absolutely not the point of this it's the point is that there are people who give advice just to give advice and then there are people who give you advice that should legitimately help you. You know, when I, yeah. was, I was in a business incubator right out of college, I start, like, I won a business plan competition and we got office space and it was all very wonderful. And this is before I understood what the GPL was. So like our whole <laughs> business model was flawed um, <laughs> because our product was based on WordPress to state yes. that explicitly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and we had just a parade of local business owners coming into our office saying, you know what you need to do? Uh, like, and the subtext is this worked for me, therefore it will work for you. And you know, I've said this on a previous show. One guy said, you know what you got to do? You got to wear a suit to work every day. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't. I I, I like wearing suits. I think I look good in suits. Yep. But I'm not going to wear a suit to work every day. I'm wearing shorts. I'm not wearing shoes right now. (laughs) I'm very comfortable and I do good work. So Exactly. (laughs) You know, that worked for you and that's great. You have a successful business, but understand my problem and who i am before giving me just like general advice
1: the best is almost uh questions like people who have had the experience realize that maybe what worked for me might not work for you and just ask oh have you tried this and then they'll and then they'll give kind of feedback based on your answer like oh yeah i tried this it's like oh but but did you really try that you know or did you just think you tried it or you just discounted it because you didn't or you know oh oh okay cool yeah you have tried this you know maybe try this or something right like the ones that speak less than than you are usually the ones who are guiding you in the in the better direction which is kind of nice
0: yeah absolutely uh the people who have the most valuable things to say are the people who don't speak a lot (laughs) which i talk a lot so uh, you know take that (laughs) draw your own conclusions from that i guess (laughs) Uh. Uh, Awesome. So, well, we've talked uh, at length about kind of the general idea and and the general business stuff, but let's get into the title question here. And so how did you build your plugin? And this could be the mechanics of it, the tools that you used, how you sell the add-ons, and and maybe something that's particularly interesting to me is you have the free version and you have the add-ons. How do you go about Verifying and validating the add-ons, and then continue to charge for those add-ons. So, oh, so I don't yeah.
1: have add-ons for mine, but I oh, do okay. have I do have the separate free and pro version. So I did gotcha. start out as having like the add-on, like so having yeah. like free event calendar newsletter, which you had to have, and then having the pro, which was like an add-on to that, right? Gotcha. Uh, but ran into a whole slew, and I've I've got an article up on BrianHogg.com, uh, just kind of going into a little more specifics. But essentially, a it was getting people who were finding the plugin directly and like oh i didn't even know there was a free version i could have just maybe used the free version i don't i didn't need really need mm. this pro like oops because i wasn't really mentioning it too much on the website yeah. right but plus also keeping it up to date which i noticed with a lot of different uh plugins like beaver builders kind of iron this out and same with modern tribe but basically you have to keep both in sync and i found it a lot more useful to release uh, just the pro version first, you know, maybe to, to like, like if it's just a pro specific feature, but maybe touch on a bit of the free stuff, you know, I, I could just now release it to the pro people without having to also update the free version at the exact same time. So I've got a process, which again, I, I detail a little more. It's a grunt script, you know, that'll, I'm basically including the free version inside the pro version in like a core folder. And then, mm-hmm. you know, adding stuff on via hooks and filters and whatever else you need to do, uh, to add that additional functionality. So that's how I've structured it. It's worked really well, uh, to keep things, uh, you know, basically together. They're two separate repos, yeah. free and fro, uh, pro, but at least you've got kind of that, that sync between them and you're free to release one or the other. And, you know, users just have to install the one plugin. So that's kind of nice.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really cool. So, so you actually went the add-on route, noticed it didn't work that well for you and then kind of re So we're actually getting into one of the later questions, which is uh-huh. what, what transformations has it gone <laughs> through since launch?
1: Yes. And that would be uh, one, but, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so it's really interesting. So you talked about your decision-making process there and I, I will link to the, uh, the blog post in the show notes, but uh, did that cause, uh, so maybe what was the biggest headache that caused for you? Was it support? Was it maintaining code base, like you mentioned, or yep. some combination of both?
1: Probably both, yeah. So yeah, before I did it, I, I didn't want to add to the support headache. So I made sure mm-hmm. that the the new pro version would detect that the free was there you know not load uh, the included free version inside the pro uh it would detect that the free was already activated and then just display a message and they even made it really easy where the the admin notice uh would would you just click on it and it'll just automatically deactivate it i suppose i could make it you know instantly deactivate but yeah i thought that was a good compromise to, to yeah there's
0: the just- there's the balance of doing too much for the user and without informing the user right you want to let the user know you're about to disable this plugin
1: exactly right and then that way they can deactivate it and then delete it afterwards because they're gonna have to go in and hit delete anyway so yep so no a lot of it was prompted by both support you know again having those people going oh i didn't realize there was a free version having that extra install step uh that was really unnecessary i mean why can't i just include it into the pro and then having again that flexibility to to be able to release a free version uh first or a pro version first with that new feature whatever i need to do and uh, and have it you know not be so tied together and especially with some of the uh, wordpress.org stuff that's been happening lately where you know you you release a, a new version of your plugin and it can show that there's an update but then not update right away you know it can take mm-hmm. sometimes a few hours for you know one of the updates to show depending on your caching settings and whatnot of your host so it's nice to have it just you know when there's an update to that one plugin there's an update to that one plugin in a way goes so. you always have to, if your plugin assumes something, yeah, you've always got to have some fail safe in there to to not totally bomb the site if uh, the one isn't updated yet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And and the you know I've I wrote a podcast plugin that I use on how I built it that relies on PowerPress. That's what I use for the the site ultimately. Yeah. Nice. Uh, instead of building like a plugin uh, podcast plugin from scratch, like that's just a lot of work. And and I was already on PowerPress, so. Uh, but like, if I were to release this to the wild, there is a failsafe to say like, hey, this relies on PowerPress. You should install PowerPress, otherwise yeah. everything will be broken.
1: <laughs> Which I did actually on another plugin. Uh, you know, I just totally assumed that with a plugin that's called the Events Calendar shortcode plugin, <laughs> right, that they would have the Events Calendar. Right. nope and for a while on the new uh, org and i think it still might be sometimes when you search for things like event calendar it comes up before uh the events calendar in the results which is interesting you know i, I, I i'm happy about that but it really i think the events calendar should be first uh right, know, that, right. that just makes more sense but yeah so then i actually got a review that prompted that and you should never trust because this has been happening for for months and months so yeah you gotta gotta kind of do these kind of not make these assumptions because users often won't tell you they'll just deactivate the plug and go that doesn't work whatever um but right. yeah literally got a review that said impossible that was that was the whole review <laughs> <laughs> impossible to use or something and that you know uh whatever and i'm like oh shoot yeah you didn't have the calendar installed so now it has a message it detects that and instead of just not doing anything uh and not showing a message it just says hey and then it actually you click on it it shows the light box so you can very quickly install the events calendar and, and away you go so yep
0: All right, and that is a wrap for part one of my interview with Brian Hogg. Uh, Really great conversation. We get pretty developer y in the next episode, talking about build tools and uh, releasing things to the plugin repository and things like that. So definitely tune in next week for that episode. In the meantime, uh, why don't you uh, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review? Uh, I would really appreciate it it helps people discover the show Uh, and if you leave a nice review I will read it on the air if you leave a constructive review that's great too because I want to make the show better especially because we're into the second year here Uh, I'm experimenting a little bit more uh, in future episodes and so I want to make sure that that Uh, things are what the listeners expect and leaving a review on iTunes is certainly the best way to do that. Uh, Thanks so much to our sponsors, Liquid Web and Staging Pilot. Definitely check those guys out. And until next time, get out there and build something.